Welcome to AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get support and guidance through the chaos of parenting. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. Welcome. If this is your first time listening, this is a podcast where I talk all about how to parent our kids with anxiety or OCD. And today I want to talk about something that a lot of us don't always talk about, and that are the ugly feelings, the secret feelings that we often have as parents. And these are the feelings that we don't really let a lot of people know about because we think nobody else is having them, which is a complete falsehood. And I feel like it's probably a really good thing to have an episode about because parentally, we all go through these emotional struggles. So I want to go over the most common ugly feelings that we have, that most of us have, at least some of us will admit to have. And then I want to talk about what do you do with those feelings and how do you handle those as parents? Now, all parents experience this to some level, but I think when you're raising kids who have other special needs, whether you have children who have anxiety or OCD or a zillion other things on your plate that add to your parenting that maybe your friends or your family don't have, it's even easier to have these ugly feelings because things are not going smoothly and they're not going smoothly a lot of the time. And so mindset and how you view your parenting and your perceptions of your parenting and your self-critical narrative that's going on in your head is really important. So let's talk about some of those ugly feelings. For starters, I think a lot of us have annoyance and frustration, and that's just a human feeling. But then when we're annoyed by our kids and their noise and they're loud and they're hyperactive and they're misbehaving and they're disrupting our peace and sanity, it is a normal human feeling to get upset, to get frustrated, to get irritated, to not enjoy your kids. I don't know why we have this idea that we have to enjoy our kids 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Like I don't even enjoy myself that much. I don't enjoy like anything that much. Even if I had chocolate 24 hours a day, I would eventually get annoyed and sick of chocolate. It would take a while, (laughs) but it would eventually happen. So I think giving us that wiggle room and permission, you're not going to always enjoy your kids. You're not going to always enjoy parenting. There are going to be days where you're going to be like, why did I sign up for this? And how do I get out of this contract? (laughs) And that's okay. It's just a bad day. It could be a bad week. It could be a bad month. Um, You could be going through a new phase with your child and that new phase that your child's in, you're just not digging it. You're just like, I am not appreciating that. One of my kids right now is going through a very hyperactive, uh, very manicky phase and they're off the wall. I I won't mention which one, so we will... We will give them the privacy, but it's been tough for the last, I would say two months because of the behavior. It makes it very hard to calm down. And some of it is noting your own, your own stuff and even verbalizing that to your kids. And I, I'm starting to know about myself having three kids and doing this with my own children for 15 years. My oldest is 15, that 
I am very triggered by noise. I am an introvert and I like calmness and any kind of roughhousing or loudness sends me over the edge. And that's a me problem, not a kid problem, right? Because kids are supposed to be loud and they're supposed to be goofy and sometimes hyper and they're just being kids. And I can quickly turn all that irritation and annoyance and anger that's going on during the day. And I can turn that into a lot of guilt for not being a good parent and not being patient once they're asleep. Do you have that? Like during the day, it's like kind of like a hurricane and you're not able to really get your perspective and it's very chaotic and you're just trying to survive and keep your head above water. And then everyone goes to sleep and it gets quiet. And then comes the internal voice. A lot of us have that internal voice, that internal voice that says, wow, you are not mother of the year today. (laughs) Maybe you guys don't have a voice like that, but I know I do. I mean, my voice is cruel because it can also go into, and you help other parents how to parent. And this is the kind of parent that you are. Yeah. I get the added bonus of, and you're supposed to be an expert. So I think parenting guilt is something that we all struggle with to some degree, you know, some of us more than others. And a lot of it comes from the ugly feelings that happen during the day. Another ugly feeling that some of us might have that we don't want to admit is that if we have more than one child, we might enjoy one child over the other child or children during different developmental stages or maybe permanently. And nobody's supposed to say that (laughs) we all love you equally. We love you as much and we're human. We're going to have some kids that are easier to parent, or we're going to have some kids that we get, um, sooner and easier than other kids. And that's normal, you know, to, to like all of your children completely the same and have the exact same rapport and same interactions is really virtually impossible. And I think internally, again, we can go to beating ourselves up where, oh my gosh, you know, it's, it's so easy to parent that kid and it's so much energy to parent this kid. And now I feel bad that I even have that thought. You shouldn't, you're being human. And when we have kids with anxiety or OCD, they bring another layer to the parenting struggle. And so you might have one child that really demands a lot of your attention And that might make it hard to bond with that child. It might make it hard to connect with them when they're having a good moment because you are almost having some parental PTSD. And I see that a lot in my private Facebook group. We, I think somebody had a thread about that and said, I almost feel like I have post-traumatic stress disorder from my child's panic or anxiety. And I've seen those comments a lot in the, in the Facebook group where parents will say, you know, my child just completely exploded, had a meltdown or had some intense panic and now they're fine, but I'm finding that it's taking me like the rest of the day to be okay. Does that happen to you? I know that happens to me. Like my son, he can be very explosive and we're trying to work on it because it can be very jarring. And so he might lose at a game or his sister might look at him sideways or he actually might hurt her and then she tells on him and then he loses it more than anyone and 
And he might like, you know, storm upstairs or slam a door or, you know, chuck something. And any kind of activity like that really triggers my anxiety because I, again, need peace and calm. And that kind of almost aggressiveness, like violent aggressiveness, even though it's not towards anyone is really, really upsetting for me and who I am and how I was raised. And so he will be okay. He'll come back down like 15, 20 minutes later and he'll like want to make some popcorn and be okay. And I am still traumatized by his reaction. My nerves are still shot. And so a lot of us feel that way with kids with behavioral issues or anxiety or OCD that once they're okay, we're still not okay. And it takes us a little while to rebound and it's okay. I think, and we're going to start moving into a little bit about how do you cope with these ugly feelings? I think it's okay to try to share them on a kid-friendly level with your kids, depending on what the ugly feeling is, but with him and him slamming stuff this morning, I said to him, because I can't remember what, Oh, he couldn't find his other shoe. And I might've put it in the donation pile. (laughs) So I have to go to the garage later today and dig that out because I was in like Uber cleaning mode. And I'm like, well, this is all going into donations. Everybody get your shoes that you want to keep because everything else is going into bed. And I might've thrown it in there. And so I said to him, just put your other shoes on. I'm going to look in the bag and I'll find it for you. And apparently that was upsetting enough for him to kind of like chuck one of his shoes, not at me, but you know, in the hall and to storm off and slam the door. And so we get in the car and, and that kind of behavior is very startling to me. And so I said to him, you know, I know that you're angry and you're upset, but when you do those things, it scares me. And I said, it scares me because the calmness is like disrupted and it seems violent to me. And I don't like that. And it like upsets my nerves and it keeps me feeling like, on edge for a while after you do that. Now I can talk to him like that because he gets it. And I, I try to talk to my kids like that a lot. And so he's, he just listens. Um, and what I find with him is he'll file that away and he will make an effort to try not to do those things. It's not going to like be gone because he can't self-regulate. That's the whole problem, but I'm letting him know my ugly feelings of how it makes me feel. I'm not telling him, um, you know, you're driving me nuts. And it's making it really hard to be warm and fuzzy with you because most of the time you're super prickly right now. And that makes it really hard. I'm not telling him that. Although, you know, sometimes those are my feelings towards my kids, depending on what kind of struggles they're having with my seven-year-old. When she wakes me up five, six, seven times a night, it's really hard at night to be empathetic. (laughs) I mean, I just want to sleep. And, and then I'm tired the rest of the day. And when you have a child who is disrupting your ability to function, whether it's through your sleep or it's creating a ripple and my daughter's not doing this right now, but I, my kids, each of my children have done this at different developmental stages of their life with their anxiety or OCD. They have created a ripple in the household, you know, whether it's short-term or long-term, depending on the stage of what we're dealing with that has been disruptive. And I'm sure many of you have a child at home or children at home who are disrupting the harmony of your home because of either their behavior, their anxiety, or their OCD. Now, they don't want to do that. It's not like they're intentionally trying to be disruptive or trying to ruin the harmony of your home. 
but they're having a hard time. And even if intellectually you get that you're human. And so you might feel resentful and you might feel angry towards that child. And then you might beat yourself up because you're like, why am I angry at them for, for being in a way that they can't control? And I, and my message to you is be kind to yourself that you're going to have ugly feelings in this mess we call parenting. And that is okay. And I always have a message for you that is very much related to me, (laughs) not because I'm narcissistic, but I try to talk from what I know. And I also try to pick topics that resonate with what I'm going through in my own life so that I can speak really from my heart. And last week in the AT community, the AT parenting community is my new community that I opened up and we are doing seven day challenges in there. So every seven days we have a new challenge and I have a Facebook live class and I teach something like it's a class, like I'm a teacher. And then at the end of the class, I'll say, okay, this is the seven day challenge that I want you to focus on. And normally it has something to do with what we talked about in the class and what I'm going to be talking about in the next class the following week. And then all week long, we work on it. And this past week, it's been about self-care. And what I've realized, because people are posting in the forums in our community, like all the different ways that they do self-care. And so a lot of um, obvious stuff, like, you know, go take a bath and go take a walk and go watch Netflix, you know, that kind of stuff. But then a lot of people are also talking about like their mind shift about how they beat themselves up and how to take a breath to reset, you know, they forget to eat or they forget to take a drink or they forget to, you know, walk away for a little while. And, and I really feel like the mindset of, of where we're at will, will greatly impact our parenting. So if we don't take care of ourselves and I mean, physically and emotionally, we're, we're not going to be like the kind of parents that we want to be. And so that's really been on my radar this week because that's our current seven day challenge. And I've been reading a lot of the posts in the forums about it. And I've been kind of like hyper analyzing my own ugly feelings and trying to watch myself a little bit more. We've been talking a lot about self care and sometimes it's good to just get out. And I unfortunately don't know too many people in my neighborhood and I have no family where I live. And so I need to depend on a place where I can find babysitters, even dog walkers or tutors or someone to help me run errands. And when I need someone, I turn to care.com because care.com is like a hub to find all of those things and more. Recently, I joined their premium membership and I was shocked at how many people in my little area were listed as nannies, babysitters, and pet sitters. To save 30% off of care.com's premium membership, visit care.com slash AT parenting, and you can get 30% off. That's care, C-A-R-E.com slash AT parenting. So yesterday, I don't know, what was I doing yesterday? So it was president's day and we all had off and I'm really trying to shift my focus and be more present for my kids. Like that's my intention. And so a lot of times we'll have intention of what we want to do. And then we have reality. (laughs) 
And most of the time, intention and reality, like they're just not going hand in hand in my world. And that's frustrating. And then I beat myself up for that. And I say, you had the intention of doing this. Why aren't you doing this? And I feel like these, these are struggles that many parents have. This is not unique to me. This is like, just, we all experience this on some level. So yesterday I was busy doing something in my own world. And my husband was busy doing something in his own world. And my kids wanted to actually go for a walk. They wanted to walk the dog. They wanted to go to the park. And these are kids who are plugged in a lot. And so for my kids to want to go to the park and they wanting to go outside and be kids and do healthy things, that was amazing. And my husband and I were like too lazy and we're like too immersed in our own things to to do it. And so we had told them we were going to go for a walk and then it got late and we didn't and we made excuses. Well, you guys weren't feeling well the day before and we're just trying to take it easy. They were all excuses. So by the time my kids went to bed, you know, my negative voice got nice and cozy in my head and was like, you gotta be kidding me. You know, your kids wanted to unplug and go for a walk and you couldn't get up and do that. What kind of parent are you? You're so busy worrying about how to tell other people how to parent that you can't even parent your kids. You're not focusing on your kids. This was my negative voice, right? I mean, I was like, I'm a hypocrite. Like I'm spending way too much time trying to help other parents and I need to focus on my own kids. This is the voice that comes out at night. (laughs) And so what do we do with those ugly feelings? Now, normally I don't do anything. Normally I will either just feel bad and go to bed, or I will say to myself, I'm going to be a different mom. And then I will normally come up with some glorious plan that is too big to fulfill. And so I'll say, I am going to take them for a walk every single day. And this is what I started to do in my head last night. So I'm laying there in bed and I don't even know if I was in bed. I was probably sitting on the couch until midnight working on my parenting stuff. And, (laughs) and then I said, okay, from now on after school, when I pick them up, I am going to always take them for a walk. We'll take the dog for a walk. It'll be good for me. And then I said, from now on at three o'clock, when I come home, I'm not going to check my computer. I'm not going to check Facebook. I'm not going to check my emails until they go to sleep. And that's going to be the new reality. And then I realized, luckily, this is what I always do. No matter what it is, whether it's ugly feelings around my parenting or my health and my weight or anything, I come up with these ultimatums. Do you do this? Where you give yourself these ultimatums, these unrealistic ultimatums of how like it's going to be. And then they're like, they're too unrealistic. They're too black and white for you to ever really fully achieve that. To create a habit takes a real, real big effort. Like habits don't normally happen without some pretty big intention and sticking with it-ness. That's not a word, but whatever. So I backed away from that and I said, no, stop it. This is how I talked to myself. (laughs) I said, tomorrow is going to be a better day. We're only focusing on tomorrow. And I really feel like this is a good thing in general when you're raising a child with anxiety or OCD. And I've been talking a lot about that in the community. And we've been talking about, because a lot of the parents that have been in there have been feeling overwhelmed. And then they come in to the community and there are so many resources and so many videos and so much help there that they actually get overwhelmed by all the help. And then I say to parents in there, and even to you, just in your own world, Just take one small bite, just one small piece at a time, 
one day at a time. Don't go any further than that. And, and just look right in front of you. Let's just look in front of you and where you're walking next. And don't look down the road. Now we have to do that for big things like, Hey, we're going to go on vacation. We need to start planning it and stuff, but I'm just talking about day to day stuff. So I said to myself last night, okay, tomorrow is going to be a good day. And tomorrow I will take the kids for a walk after school that I will do. And tomorrow when they get home from school, I will not look, I'll turn off all my electronics and I will focus on them until after dinner or until bedtime. And then I will start working on my stuff again. And instead of saying, this is the new normal, I'm just going to say it's the new tomorrow. And I think that could be helpful for a lot of us because I woke up and I was in a better mood today. Cause I'm like today I can do that today. I don't know if I can do that forever, but I can do that today. And so I purposely didn't look at my computer as much in the morning. It's hard for me because a big bulk of my world now is online. And so with the community, I'm getting emails and, you know, people are posting things. And then even with my private practice, even though it's scaled back a lot, I've made it really small so I can focus on the community. It's, I'm still getting emails about insurance and I'm getting emails about scheduling and, um, I'm still getting questions. So anyway, I am bombarded between my online world, my podcast, my YouTube channel, and the community and my practice. So I'm not sitting there like scrolling on Facebook, reading funny memes. Like it's all work related. And my kids know that. I don't think that they knew that in the past, but I've made it very clear to them when mom's on the computer or when you see me, like I'm not eating bonbons and watching like the Kardashians. Like every time you see me, I'm working, but they don't care. They're like, okay, mom, you're, so you're helping other kids, but like, we're right in front of you. (laughs) They were actually watching storks last night. And I think this is actually what added to my guilt because have you ever seen that movie? So there's like the beginning part of storks the, they have two parents and they, they've got the Bluetooth on and they're too busy to pay attention to their only child. And he's like, um, I'm only going to look up to you for a few more years. And he's like, I'm only going to be here for a few more years. And like, I don't know why, but I found that incredibly depressing. And it like, it really spoke to my guilt. So that kind of spurred this entire thing on. <laughs> don't watch st- storks. It's very upsetting. (laughs) So this morning I was more present with my kids. And then I even said to them, you know, I am so sorry about yesterday. And so I modeled, I modeled some emotional intelligence. You know, I am modeled expressing your feelings and, and being imperfect and being raw and fixing it. And so I said to my kids, I went to bed feeling really guilty last night. I'm so sorry. I didn't take you for a walk. I'm so sorry that we disappointed you and that I was too busy working. And that wasn't really fair to you guys. And, and then I explained to them a little bit of my ugly feelings. I said, you know, I went to bed last night and I felt really guilty. And now I've done a lot of bad parenting stuff and I haven't expressed it to them. And sometimes I haven't even had guilt. Like there was no insight, but when we have insight, that's a good first step because it means that we're, we're having awareness and we're not sleeping through our parenting. So even if you're aware, oh my gosh, that was a bad day and that's it. That's all you do. You are doing better than some parents who are sleeping through their parenthood. 
There's no awareness. There's no intention. There's no goal. Even if you fall flat with your intentions and your goals, at least you're awake. You're parentally awake. And you're like, I'm wanting to do this parenting thing in the best way I can. That's awesome. And it's messy. And maybe 50% of the time you're going to feel like you're failing, maybe less. But for me, you know, I don't know, maybe it is 50% of the time. And, and that's coming from a child therapist, you know, who spends her entire day, every day talking to other parents about being great, (laughs) the hypocrisy. So I said to my kids, you know, I'm sorry. I felt really guilty that I wasn't being a great mom. And guess what? Sometimes I'm not going to feel like a great mom and you guys aren't going to always feel like great people. Maybe you're not going to feel like a good student. Maybe you're not going to feel like you're a great brother or a great sister or a great son or daughter. We're going to have those days and you know, I'm going to have more days like that. But today I woke up and I said, today I'm going to make it a good day and I'm going to be a good mom. And you can wake up and you can say today, I'm going to make it a good day. And so I said, we're going to go to the park when I pick you up from school and you know, there's going to be days where I'm going to disappoint you again, because I'm not trying to be Mary Poppins here, (laughs) but I think you need to know that I even have those thoughts in my head where I feel bad when I go to sleep. I think the more human we can be to our kids in a kid friendly way, like I'm not dumping on them. I have intention. I'm like, there's a point to my story with them, but the more raw and real we can be the better for our kids because we're modeling how to express your feelings. We're modeling appropriate communication. They're going to hopefully be able to talk to their partners in a better way than maybe some of us have with our partners because we're teaching them how to talk and how to express themselves and how to not be perfect. And you don't even have to pretend to be perfect because it's a messy, messy world. And when we dust ourselves off and we start again, you know, that's great because we are moving forward and we're not sitting there stewing and beating ourselves up all the time. That's a hard thing to do. And hopefully you can start to shift and you can start to say to yourself, how kind am I about my parenting? You know, how, how often do I beat myself up about my ugly feelings, my secret feelings that I don't even share with my best friend or my partner? How often do I go to bed feeling bad about those feelings? And I think it's important to cut some slack and to be kind to yourself. Forgiveness starts with yourself. We teach our kids that they have to have forgiveness. We teach our kids that they have to be empathetic or, you know, not be perfect. And yet, what do we do to ourselves? We expect that we have to be perfect. We expect that we have to be, um, you know, like this amazing parent all the time. There are many days where I've woken up and I've said, okay, well, my kids are only seven and nine. So the 15 year old, she's already going to remember like how horrible I am, but my seven year old, there's hope because she may not even remember anything from zero to six. (laughs) No, that's an irrational thought because I'm not that bad, but you know, that just goes to the show you like the level and the depth of self-criticism that can happen, even from somebody who specializes in this and, you know, talks about it all the time. So I thought it would be a good episode because one, I want to be real with you and I want to, to show you that every single human being, you know, any, any, even parenting experts, and I'm not saying I'm a parenting expert, but any, any person who even talks about this 24 seven feels like they're not perfect. 
feels like they're doing it all wrong, feels like they're messing up. There's probably not a parent out there who feels like they've got this going on and they've got it hundred percent all the time. And when you add anxiety and OCD into the mix where you're not sure if you're doing this whole thing, right. Or you're even personalizing their anxiety. I messed up. I don't know why my kid's so anxious. I don't know why my kid can't, you know, stop having all this anxiety. It's genetic for a big, big chunk of our kids. Stop beating yourself up about it. You know, I don't beat myself up about that anymore. It's like, it's physiological. It's kind of funny because I have this um, Facebook post about anxiety and in the anxiety, it's, it's a post about my guide that, you know, if people tell me about their struggles, I will give them a guide and it's on my Facebook page and somebody, and I think in, in the comments, not in the comments, but like in the post, what I wrote on the post, I say something about, and I have three anxious kids who struggle as well. And so I understand the the battle and somebody wrote one of their comments was, uh, and she's a child therapist and she has three anxious kids. Well, I'm not going to listen to her. <laughs> and I was like, it's not kind of funny. I mean, it didn't bother me in the past when I didn't have my social anxiety in check. Oh my gosh. A comment like that would have like derailed me like all day. I would have felt horrible. Um, so I've come a long way because I, I actually laughed out loud because I thought it was so funny. Yeah. A child therapist who specializes in anxiety can have a child who has anxiety. You, do you think that an endocrinologist isn't going to have a child who has diabetes? You know, are we going to say, oh my gosh, and that endocrinologist, like they specialize in endocrinology and they have a child with diabetes. Like that's ridiculous. It's the exact same thing. We can't control if our kids have a physiological issue. We can't con- control whether they have an overreactive amygdala or a glitchy basal ganglia. <laughs> we don't have control over that. So anyway, I hope that this podcast episode helped a little bit. I hope that some of you um, are inspired to stop self-hating or even being self-critical because it's not helpful. I was a better mom today because I didn't do that. So I hope you're enjoying my podcast. A couple of housekeeping announcements. If you haven't checked out my new book that is out, it is Social Skills workbook for ages six to 10. It's on pre-order and I will leave a link in the show notes. You can find it on Amazon. It's called social skills activities for kids. And it's 50 exercises that will kind of help kids with making friends, talking and listening and understanding social rules, which some kids just don't get. So I hope you're enjoying my podcast. If you are enjoying it, you can hit a star under the podcast name on iTunes or wherever you listen that is great feedback for other parents. And I appreciate the star. And if you have a little extra time, if you can leave a review, I love the reviews. They help inspire me, but more than that, they help inspire other parents to get some really good information. If they know that there's going to be value in listening to this podcast. So as a shout out and to show my gratitude, I always like to read one of those reviews before I leave. Hunter wrote, I can't get enough of these episodes. Natasha is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to parenting, parenting a child who has anxiety, and parenting when you have anxiety. She has such a warm and engaging personality and offers realistic, practical parenting advice that you can actually put to use. I love how she combines her professional expertise with her real-life parenting experiences. I always leave her episodes feeling empowered and supported. 
Thank you, Hunter. I really appreciate that. That's a really good one to read for today because that was kind of the whole theme and it was very raw and I definitely shared my weaknesses with you. So if you have something to add, please leave a comment or a review rather, and maybe I'll be reading your review next time. I hope that you find the sparkle in every day and I'll talk to you again next Tuesday. Take care. When I first discovered Natasha, I was in a desperate place with my son and his anxiety was getting worse and we had tried counseling and it was not going well. Natasha gave us practical tools. She wasn't like the books that we had read that were, you know, you have three kids, but somehow you can magically spend 10 hours a day on your one anxious kid and just, you know, life is great for the other two. She's helped me understand OCD on a level that no therapist I have come across seems to understand. Natasha had practical real life advice that we started implementing the day that we listened to them. Not only did it help with our son's anxiety, it helped my husband and I to recognize um, the anxiety that we had in our parenting that was actually contributing to our children's anxiety. Her tools are, I mean, life-changing. She has been amazing, and I'm so thankful for the work that she provides to all of us who have children um, who battle anxiety and OCD. It is so exciting to see him about a year later, just thriving in school. She really has guided us the whole way, and without her, our lives would be very different. We're very grateful. My husband and I are forever grateful to Natasha Daniels for helping us to figure out where to even start with anxiety. If you have a child with anxiety or OCD, she is your go-to woman. Parenting a child with anxiety is not easy, and sometimes it feels hopeless, and in a desperate time in my journey with my son, I started searching the internet and found Natasha Daniels. She has been a lifesaver. Her resources have given me hope. They've given me tools and support, and I, I highly recommend her and her resources. They are phenomenal, and they are some of the best resources you can find out there for anxiety and OCD. Hi, my name is Natasha Daniels, and I understand what it's like to raise kids with anxiety and OCD. I'm doing it every single day. And I also know what it feels like to empower them, to give them the skills and tools to help themselves, to watch them blossom, face their fears, and become more than their anxiety and more than their OCD. And I want to do that for you as well. Join me in the AT Parenting Community where I partner with you and walk alongside you in your journey, helping you getting to know your family and your child's particular needs and particular struggles. I'll help guide you and walk you through ways to empower your own kids and see success in your house. You will finally have someone in your corner who not only has the understanding of your struggle, but has the expertise and knowledge to help get you through it. You can find out more about the AT Parenting Community at atparentingcommunity.com or you can text all one word AT Parenting Community to 44222. Together we can do this. She's really good and I hope I'll be like her. I have had OCD for over five years. I have trained my brain 
and you can do the same thing.